Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Creative Woman Leader podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Asia Ghazi, and I am excited to have my guest, Sharia Moore Houston, on the show today. Um, I So here's the reason why I'm excited. I just met her maybe a few weeks ago, right, Sharia Moore? I don't think it has been that long. Yeah, about a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, and we met through Instagram. Um, and I think the way we met, if you, if you, I don't know, maybe you can correct me, was it was a post. I think you liked one of my posts or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and so we connected from there. We started messaging each other and um, I loved what she had, to, what she had to talk about. And so I want to introduce all of you to Sharia Moore. Sharia Moore Houston is the founder and content creator for UXL where she teaches professionals how to use Microsoft Excel for professional development. Sharia Moore has spent over 20 years in the nonprofit sector and has become experienced in many aspects of the field, such as development. So if you're thinking about fundraising, that's one thing, right? Special and annual events, volunteer coordination, office management, human resources, and she's self-taught in graphic design. After learning to use Excel professionally, Sharia Moore found herself helping co-workers and being sought for assistance from her boss. Listen, I suck at Excel, okay? So (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so cool that your boss is like, listen, you need to teach me Excel. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I thought that was amazing to me because this meant like I was the first person she would go to. And I mean, that eventually stood out to me. I don't think I recognized the value in that at first. And then eventually it's like, wait a minute, whenever she needed help, she would literally get up and walk to my office or call me. But it's like, wow, you know, she didn't ask anybody else. You know, she didn't send out an email. Initially she did, but when she realized how much I knew, she started coming to me directly. So I was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. See, and I think that is really powerful because it shows that, you know, as leaders, we, we're just because someone's a boss, just because someone's a leader or a manager doesn't mean that they're not going to need their, um, you know, co-workers or their employees to help them out in something. And I think that's such a great example of two women. Because mm-hmm. you said your boss is, is a woman, right? Yeah. This was a previous boss, but yes. Yeah, yeah so she was. Yeah. So she was um, when you were working back then. So, so in that position. So, yeah, I mean, that shows the power of women collaborating together as well, because- you know, I don't yeah, see- she was very humble, humble enough to ask for help and admit yeah. when she was wrong, like she was very humble. And that allowed us to be able to work together very well is being able to both teach and learn. And both of us had to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's how leaders should be with each other, leaders and and, and their followers. We we have to we're learning from each other all the time, and that's the most important thing we have to realize. Yeah. 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 So so it you so you're business with um, teaching Excel started off in the pandemic. Tell us more about that. Like, how did you start this? What was the realization that came to you when you decided, okay, it's the pandemic. We all sit at home, working from home, you know, what was your like that time? (laughs) 
Yeah, so basically, I was one of those people who had lost my job so early on in the pandemic. So I was sitting there, I had never been out of work for so long. Um, and eventually, I did get something that was part time, I was interviewing for a position that was supposed to be full time, one of the highest fan positions I would, get, you know, have had at that point in my career. But they were so hesitant because the pandemic was new. And they're like, what are we going to do? They weren't sure financially if it was a good idea. So um, eventually they had me waiting for a few months. And when they finally came back to me, it was lower pay and lower hours. So it's mm -hmm. kind of devastated, but I took it because I needed something. And I had stopped looking because they told me, we're going to give you this. We're just trying to find a start date. And they kind of dragged it out. But the point is, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have to bring in more money, at least until I can find a different position. And, you know, I went to YouTube, to be honest. And, uh, you know, there's all these videos about how to make money from home and things like that and starting your own business. I found a video that was so realistic and practical. And the lady talked about looking at your your personal gifts. What do you do best and monetizing that? And I'm sitting there like, well, what can I do? What am, what am I good at? And it's administration. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, what is it that other people may struggle with in terms of what I do? You know, I do, you know, administration and office management and things like that. But there's a lot of people who do that. It just came to me, Excel, you know, that's something that I've learned a lot about. And I found myself helping others because I'm pretty sure that was one of the questions, too, is what do you do that other people aren't that good at or that they struggle with? And you've had to help them. And that's when it came to me. So mm -hmm. I started during the pandemic. I got started recording the videos and creating the curriculum and whatnot. And, yeah, it was birthed out of the pandemic. Yeah, and one of the things that I noticed about what you do in your curriculum is like you make it easy for us to, you know, um, understand what you're showing us in layman's terms. And then if we decided to pause or walk away from from it for a little bit and come back, like there's no, oh, you have to start over again. Like you made it pretty easy. Oh, yeah. So I love the, the structure and the platform that I use also um, is basically making the videos kind of short. So most of the videos are 15 minutes or less. Um, some of them, I'm literally, I mean, some of them like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, could be more, but usually on average, 15 minutes or less. And the big deal about that, a couple of different benefits is that you, like you said, if you were to stop and say, okay, I can't, if it's a full program that's like an hour long, usually with those kind of videos, you have to remember what was the timestamp that I stopped at last night and try to pick up from there. But with this structure, because the videos are only five minutes, you can just, when you log back in, it'll show you where you left off and you just go ahead and click play on the next video. And then it's easier to process the information when it's shorter like that, because you can watch a demo and then because I walk you through step-by-step step how to do whatever it is that I'm showing you in the moment or in the video. And you can process it better because you're basically able to um, step away and basically replay it in your head or just uh, comprehend it better and then go on to the next video. So, um, it's, and this is also very great for working professionals um, who are very busy, parents, you know, students, um, a lot of times we just find ourselves so busy and it's hard to finish courses and um, that you're not required to do for school, for example. So right. having something that has like uh, short videos that you can just pop in and watch a few and then get back to some other work. It makes it not overwhelming, basically, and it makes it easier to keep up with and get through it. Right. I love that. Yeah. I mean, 
Because here's my thing. I tried to learn Excel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I learned, so I learned the basis, basics of Excel back when I was, you know, just running off community college, which was quite a long time ago, um, mm-hmm. early 2000s. And um, I didn't know anything about using Microsoft Excel. The only thing I knew how to use at the time was Word. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at that time, when what was Windows? It was a like Windows 2000. I mean, <laughs> I've known Windows since MS-DOS days. That's how I've known oh, yeah. it. You know, when I, was, I started I started the computer when I was like in fifth grade in the late mm-hmm. 1980s. Um, I just aged myself, y'all, so it's okay. <laughs> you know, um, I'm still in my late 30s, so there we go. But, um, but yeah, and so I remember like, I mean, it, it was like word perfect or word, but there was nothing that had to do with Excel. We didn't even know PowerPoint. I don't even think those existed. And if they did, we didn't know about it. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I got out of high school and was in college um, that I, I I first got my hands on Excel. And then it was talking about like, oh, you got to know these formulas. And listen, girl, I'm bad with math. I couldn't mm-hmm. even hear algebra for the life of me. I was a computer science major initially because I loved computers and I wanted to do something with computer science. And I got to tell you, I didn't do well in computer science. And that's because you need to know linear algebra and calculus. I didn't even know college algebra well enough to you know, get through that. Yeah. So for me to learn Excel and the formulas, I struggled. And to this day, I don't really know how to use Excel. We had to use um, Excel to create charts for our dissertation um, when we did the data extractions and we had to kind of put things together. I figured out how to do that watching a YouTube video. This was before I even knew about you. If I had known about you, I would have been like, okay, listen, you can you teach me? <laughs> so I figured it out. Um, but I mean, making charts aren't hard, but I mean, like we've got to do the sum and you got to like do these different, I don't know, these different values. And then yeah. I see, I see like some companies when they tell you, oh yeah, here, you know, put your, you're going to put your time in the timesheet on an Excel folder or an Excel sheet. And you see how beautiful it looks. And I'm like, how do they do this? <laughs> That's interesting. I actually have a course that teach people how to create timesheets. <laughs> Oh my God. There you go. See, that's okay. If you all are struggling with Excel, I I kid you not. And her information is going to be in the description of the podcast. You need to like literally scroll depending on where, where you're listening. Or if you're listening to it on your iPhone, the description is going to be below the um, actual, I think the actual player, or it's going to be on the side of it. If you're on the, on a web, on the website or on Spotify or wherever you're listening, but her information is going to be there. Please go and check out her courses and if you sign up if you don't know Excel because Sherry Amor, why do we need to know Microsoft Excel? What's the most, why is it so important for us? Oh my goodness. There's a lot to say about that. When I first started focusing in on the topic of professional development and linking that to Excel, um, it really led into looking at it from the employer perspective. So basically what has happened is that I found that employers are testing people on Excel during the interview process. When I first found that out, I found out through personal experience. I had no idea that employers were doing that. So I was caught off guard, but I was prepared. So the thing is that for years, people put Excel on their resume 
as a skill. You know, we usually you, you start with Microsoft Word, like you mentioned, and then the Excel is something that you learn a little bit of. And that's what happens is that people learned a little bit and they feel like, okay, I got the gist of this for the most part, put it on the resume as a skill. And what has happened is that employers have found frustration in the fact that people put that on their resume and then they get this job and they are asked to do something and they can't do it. And, you know, and there, I guess employers were shocked by that. I don't know. But what eventually happened is that, like I said, they decided to start interviewing people. I'm sorry, testing people during the interview process. But mm -hmm. so that what we had to realize is that when people put Excel on the job posting, that means that they've decided when they were putting together the job, the job description that you're gonna need to use this in order to do your job. So right. over 80% of jobs now, over 80% of jobs are listing Excel as a basic skill to do the job. So there's a lot of different jobs out there that just as a, as a basic, um, you need to be able to, to use Microsoft Excel. So in terms of the employer, Find, running into these roadblocks where people are saying, hey, I know how to use Excel, and then they run into issues where the person doesn't know what they're doing. Um, this is why two things are very important. Having a course for professional development and then also getting a certificate of completion because it says two things. The, um, the, the, the certificate shows that you took forth, or the class itself, shows that you took the initiative to learn more. And, and be able to come in there and know what you're doing. And then the, the certificate proves that you actually took the course because now they can see you took the course, um, you got a certificate, they can see who provided you with the certificate and they can go and look up the curriculum as well. You can't get a certificate from free videos on YouTube. You can learn the information, but that just leaves you to being able to put Excel as a skill on your resume once again, but that doesn't give them the employers the confidence that you actually have some type of course that you took that gave you actual knowledge. They don't know if you're just putting it there or did you actually do something to learn it. So um, on one hand, the importance is being able to get your foot in the door for the interview um, to get the job. Your resume is the first thing they're going to see. It's not. It's not the interview yet. You have to get the interview, and that starts with that resume. And so we need to be able to see that you have the knowledge, um, not just that you're saying it by listening. That's a skill. Um, but like I said, professional development shows you took an actual course. And so yeah. the other thing is being able to go in there and have confidence in what you're doing. Um, you want to be prepared for things that you're going to be asked to do that you didn't expect to be asked to do. Um, if it just says Excel, they don't always tell you what you're gonna need Excel for. Um, some, some people do. I've had someone come to me before and they're like, I'm interviewing for this job and they want me to use Excel. They want me to use budgets, uh, pivot tables, and they said, I'm gonna uh, work with formulas. They were telling her that she's gonna be tested. Not everybody tells you that. Not every employer will tell you that, but this young lady um, was applying for a state job in Illinois and they told her, you're gonna be tested. They told her what she's gonna be tested on. And they said it, it, was, it was very directly aligned with the job posting. They told her she's gonna work with budgets. She's gonna do this and do that. So the test was aligned with exactly what she needed to know. So fortunately um, I have a course that covers all those, those different things, but that's the point is being able to go in there and feel confident that you know what you're doing and you're prepared to get it done. And sometimes you're gonna be asked to do something and you're like, you know, 
I didn't right. expect to, to hear this, you know? So you, you don't want to be caught off guard and you don't want to be asked to do something or expect you find yourself in a situation where it's in the very moment you're like, okay, I don't know how to do this. And now you have to go and try to find the information instead of, like I said, being prepared. Exactly. No, it's so true. Yeah, because like you said, you you go to a job and it's there. You need to know Excel. And if you don't know Excel um, and you don't have a certificate that shows that you you know how to use it, that, that could be a hindrance to you getting that position over somebody that knows Excel and has that, you know, certification. So that means that if we took classes with you, right, you would provide a certificate for us that we could put on our resume and show our um, potential employers that we want to work with, that we know Excel. Right. Absolutely. I love that. So um, I know that uh, this, this was something that you said um you know, start off, you know, during the pandemic and, you know, you're like, this is a huge need. I see this, this need and stuff. And so, um, you know, here's a couple of, of questions that kind of come to me. And, and, and so, especially for women, um, how is learning Microsoft Excel helping women with being able to, you know, maybe let's say, um, achieve higher positions or, you know, overcome barriers that they go through? That's a great question. Um, well, one of the things that we know is still happening in society across the world and even in the U.S. Um, is that we still have men getting higher, um, higher paying positions and therefore also getting higher salaries. Um, even when we do get the same positions as them. And so there are a lot of industries where men oversaturate those industries. They're the ones in top leadership. And so in general, people have to be competitive. But when you're trying to go into an industry that's saturated by male leadership, you have to then be able to say, okay, I actually have these same skill sets um, and I can, I can compete. Because here's the thing, I mean, that's that's in general, you know, we already feel like, okay, we have to be competitive. But once again, we're talking about a, a tool that a lot of people struggle with. And when you can come to the table with something that a lot of people struggle with, that right there a lot of times breaks down the barrier because in general, they're going to say, we're gonna look at um, a, a group of, let's say applicants for a position. And some people are going to be uh, sexist and they're going to just look at the the men you know who have the, these top qualities and whatnot but if they're looking at these guys and they're not measuring up to this particular thing that's highly required a highly required skill set but you have it that you know it just goes back to what I said about this being a tool that a lot of people are still struggling with so in general regardless of your gender that puts you in a better position because now they can't just say, well, I'll go with this guy because he has experience in this title in this particular job, but I need someone who can actually work with this tool set because we don't want to lose money as a company. So, you know, in general, learning Excel as a woman, it can open those kind of doors for you where you're more competitive, um, you're more marketable. You know, in general, we have to be that way, but when you can use uh, systems and tools that people are still learning and people are struggling with, that puts you ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. And then also, um, cause I know we, we, you know, discussed like supporting women in leadership. 
Um, one of the things that I've done as well, besides the courses, I do have uh, templates that are available for business owners and entrepreneurs. So one of the things that I was pushing a while back is that when you start a business, a lot of times we try to skip over the the, the baby steps So we want to be, you know, we see ourselves like the big companies that are making millions. They've been established for years. And sometimes we actually have to take those baby steps and work up to that, to that point. So my point is that um, it costs money to use all of these different software programs and cloud-based systems and things of that nature. And so when you're starting off, you got to focus on actually making the money so you can pay for those programs. And when you know Excel, you can actually create your own systems before you have enough money to actually buy the more expensive ones. So for example, you can have your own HR database in Excel instead of paying for something that is so expensive. And I walk you through that kind of stuff or I'll provide you with the, the template to download and use yourself. And then you can, like I said, use that until you make enough money to buy the more expensive stuff because there's gonna be a lot of different programs you can use. And that stuff will add up. So you were going to come into entrepreneurship thinking about, okay, what is most important to have to pay for? And the rest of that, how can I do it in Excel? Right, right. So one of the things that um, I know, we and I discussed this, you know, when we had our conversation about a week ago, and it was that, and this is something that I even noticed, like I said, when I first started learning Excel, I mean, I barely learned the basics of it at school. And mm -hmm. so- one of the things that we notice is there's a lack of um, learning Excel, you know, or formal in-school training or having access to this, you know, at a, at a community college, at a vocational school even, or even in a two-year or four-year college or university. Um, why, is, why is that? What, what do you think? Like, why is that the case? You know, honestly, I'm not sure why we have that lack of um, formal education for Microsoft Excel, um, because like you said, we use Word in school all the time, you know, for years, that's been the case. And even to this day, students are still using Microsoft Word, but there's no formal education for Microsoft Excel. Um, but as you said, there, there is definitely a need because what happens is I've seen, I, I think I, I told you this about how um, when I was putting together my curriculum, I reached out to, for some reason, I had this question about whether or not high school students um, were learning this in school because I thought about maybe reaching out to the schools and offering my program there. But I wanted to make sure first that there was a need. So I asked um, two mothers in two different states um, whether or not their high school daughters who were graduates at this time, actually they were getting ready to go into college, whether or not they, I, I told them, can you ask your, your daughter if she's, you know, if she learned this in school? Both of them replied, what's that? So they literally didn't even know what Excel was. And like we talked about last week, you know, the issue there is that when they get to college, there's going to be courses where they are going to run into the need for Excel, yet there's no formal training. They're not prepared. So they have to learn it as they're learning the topic in general, the subject matter in general for whatever they're studying, um, whether it's accounting or um, anything else. Now they have to also learn a program that there is no course for. So that's why you see people going to, you know, they're scrambling on the internet trying to find something to help them, help walk them through, you know. So not only that, you know, you have the students in high school and college who run into a need for it and don't have, you know, something laid out for them by the schools that they're in. And then you get into the workforce and you run into employers wanting you to use it. And once again, 
no formal training. So yeah, that it is an, it's an issue and it shows the need to learn Excel because it, it's gonna pop up not only in our careers, but even in education. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't understand why we don't have more Excel, you know, and, and not even just Excel, but just all of Microsoft Office. Like why do, why just the basics? Why not learn more of the advanced things? You know what I mean? And, but, yeah. but it's, it's good because it opens up the door for you and for others, you know, who are just like you, who may be, who are experts in these, you know, programs with Microsoft, where you can actually teach us the things that we do need to know that are going to be, you know, things that we need to learn and we need to understand when it comes to, um, like when it comes to us being able to perform on the job when we have to use Excel or we have to use PowerPoint or we have to use features in Word or, you know, anything that has to do with Microsoft. Um, yeah. and, and I think if we don't have people like you around for us, <laughs> we would be lost, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> we are not going to teach that. I mean, you made a good point because you said, listen, you know, I, I, you know, the high school, you know, these, these high schoolers are coming out of high school, but they don't know how to use Excel. And I can tell you, we never even learned Microsoft Office at all in our, at school. I mean, we, it was an assumption that we already knew how to use Microsoft Office, you know, when we yeah. were, but there was never this, well, we're, let's teach you and help you figure this out. You know, maybe some high schools may offer this in different parts of the country, I don't know. I think every district is different with the way that they have um, these things. Because I know, you know, as children, you know, when I was little, we used to have computer time every like once a week. And I remember we would leave on Fridays from class early and spend the last two hours of our day um, sitting on the computer playing Oregon Trail and these other, you know, games <laughs> that were popular back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, and, um, and, and, but there was nothing about that. And so, you know, I don't, I struggle to understand why, you know, education, you know, educational institutions don't have these kinds of things. Do you think that, um, you know, I guess maybe that, you know what, I'm going to ask a question here. What are some of the most, I don't know, I kind of think about this because I think about it from the point of my view of what is the most important aspects of Excel? So in your, in your point of view, what do you think um, people want to learn more about when it comes to Excel? I mean, do they want to learn how to make tables on Excel? Do they want to learn formulas more? What's the most important thing that people come to you for when they want to learn Excel? It seems the ones that come to me for professional, they are saying I need professional development. I hear pivot tables a lot. But mm -hmm. to answer that question more accurately, and honestly, it actually depends on the job and the career path that a person's on, because there are some people that are in more technical positions, they need to do things like power query, and they're, they're analyzing data. And there are some people that are not analyzing data, they're just they're housing the information, they're managing, um, like client information and things like that. Um, and they may not have gotten to a point yet where they're doing, you know, they're analyzing things. So it really depends on what the person does for a living, like what their career is as to what they're going to need, because some people, some uh, positions don't need as much as others. So, um, yeah, it really depends on what um, what it is that the person's doing and what what that job requires them to be able to need to know how to do. Um, some people are working with budgets, others, you know, it's more so, like I said, tracking people and events, mm -hmm. um, project management, event management, things like that. 
So, but one of the things that's very popular I'm hearing a lot about is um, pivot tables. Oh, got it. Yeah. I, I don't even know what, what is a pivot table? <laughs> so pivot tables are actually, I, I, I basically call it another way of filtering and sorting. So in general, if you open up a spreadsheet, there's all this text and numbers, and it just looks like a lot, especially to the untrained eye or somebody who's new, you open up the spreadsheet and all you see is like a lot of different text all over this entire worksheet. So what you can do is what we call data visualization is you can convert that, that data, that information to like tables and charts. And that makes it more visually appealing and it makes it easier to comprehend. You know, like if you look into an annual report and they have this little pie chart that says 50% of our population is this gender and the other, you know, 50% is this gender. That was probably pulled from this database that had all this information and it just made it simple. It summarized it. So um, what you can do is take data like that. You put, there's a regular table that you can do in Excel that allows you to filter and sort. And then pivot table just takes it even further. So filtering and sorting in general to understand that, that will help to understand what a pivot table is. To filter and sort, let's say, like I said, you have a database or a spreadsheet of a whole bunch of different information on clients or customers or whoever you serve. So you have, um, you have uh, gender, you have income, you have age or you know whatever the case may be. And it's like a thousand people. You may want to say, okay, I need to see everybody who's female and over 40 and make this amount of income. You can actually have Excel to just show you those people without erasing all the thousand of people that are in the, in the database. They'll just show you the 200 people that meet that criteria. So that's filtering and sorting. Uh, well, that's filtering. And then you can sort by taking data and or the, the information that's there, the names, for example, and alphabetizing, that would be sorting. Um, so, but a pivot table will take that kind of stuff and just um, break it down even further. So um, I have videos on that, of course, on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's good because, I, you know, I just like I sat here and asked you what the heck that was because I don't know. <laughs> And that's, yeah. that's a lot of us don't know a lot of these different nuances that Excel can do. Um, yeah. Your, I think your courses are just amazing because they get to help people on the different aspects of it and, uh, and learn and then come back and say, listen, I just learned this. I have a certificate that shows that I know this. So this is, this is great. Yeah. One of the things too, I didn't mention, I'm sorry, is that um, yeah. it's so time-saving because with the example that I just gave about filtering and sorting, um, like, like I said, starting off with a database that has a thousand people and you, you really need to see who these people are that meet a certain criteria. And it's only like 200 of them. Some people would actually try to manually go through and count like visually pointing at the screen and just counting everybody. And some people will actually copy and paste, copy the whole sheet, paste it into a new sheet so that they can erase the people that don't meet the criteria so they can be left with the ones who do, not knowing that all they had to do was filter. So it's so time-saving because it's so much quicker when you know how to do certain things in, in Excel. That is the big deal. Like if you're doing everything manually, you're not getting the benefits that Excel has to offer. And the thing is, when you don't know what you can do, you don't see the importance of Excel. And that's the one thing that may keep some people from really taking courses and diving in and trying to figure out what to do with Excel until they're met with a challenge that they don't have the answer to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh, true. Thank you for mentioning that. 
Um, and so there's like one thing that I, I know I really would love for you to talk about, and that is really what are some of the stories or experiences that you've had um, that you, you know, that would resonate with um, our audience, with the women listening to this um, podcast? Oh, wow. Um, I guess just my, my journey in general of getting to where I am. Yeah. Um, so many different things. Yeah. Like so many different things. Like I started off, like you mentioned, uh, it was so funny that you mentioned this earlier, just starting off and it was like Microsoft Word. That's all we knew, you know, that's all that was taught. And then you get into these positions and it's like, that was my story was basically taking forever to do certain things because I didn't know how to use Excel. And I opened it up and it's this blank sheet and it's like, okay, what do you do with this? It, it was, most of it was just this white sheet. And then there's these buttons. That's what I called them at the time at the top. And I'm like, well, what do I do with this? So, you know, the frustration of not knowing what to do and then, you know, just, you know, being confused, like, what is this about? and needing to use it in the job. And so, you know, just fast forward and taking the time to actually take the initiative and learn and learn from other people around me. I learned from coworkers and just different places. And what this did for me is it put me in a position where I can't say that I always um, was aware of my limitations. There were times when I would directly run into an issue, but before you learn the value of Excel, you really don't see what the big deal is. And like I said, until you run into a challenge. But I do know that the more I was able to develop my resume and my skills section and my professional development and things like that, I got more opportunities. And I, one of the biggest things that happened for me within the past year was, especially coming, especially in the pandemic, I got a position that allowed me to go into um, something new for me. Um, becoming a development associate, breaking out of the administrative role in general and going directly into development or fundraising, nonprofit fundraising. And within eight months, I became a development manager. The first thing I did was transform the spreadsheet that my boss was using for tracking grants and grant management. Um, and he was impressed with that. You know, mm -hmm. so that's something that has stuck with me is just seeing how I've been able to um, make a difference in the places that I've been in. The, the one, the place where, um, the first place that I went to where, the, the first place where my employer actually was asking me for help. In that same um, position, that same organization, other leaders were also asking for help to do certain things like mail merge, for example. Mm -hmm. And so see myself go from that and then go into a leadership position that had, that was my highest paying position to date. And then to see how one of the first things I did was use my experience and my, my um, expertise with Excel. And my boss, you can see when your, your bosses are either frustrated with you or they're side-eyeing you, like, what is this person doing? Versus when they're confident and they're like, wow, this person really knows what they're doing or they're impressed. And I was able to see that when my boss sent me the spreadsheet he was using for tracking grants before I got there. And there was no... There were no formulas. There was no structure, so to speak. I mean, it was, you can tell he just typed in there. And I went ahead and put drop down lists and created tables and we're allowed to sort and filter data and all of that. I mean, <laughs> different sheets for different things, you know, for, for grant management. And he was just like, wow. I mean, I took that one sheet and created um, five different tabs, one for tracking, for researching um, funders, one for, you know, keeping track of 
applications that were sent in and who the contact person was and, you know, categorizing them by government grants versus, you know, um, corporations and foundations, you know, so basically being able to see the transformation um, and the process from starting off with looking at this screen and saying, what in the world is this? And what do I do with it? I had no idea how to use this stuff, especially formulas. It's like, it, it, I'm like you, like, I'm not great at math. And it's like, I, I thought I had to know a whole lot of math in order to use some of these things. And some of them I, I don't, I'm not sure about, but there are formulas that I'm like, just by knowing that it does the math for me, you know? So I, but I had to learn that. Like, so I started off just looking at this blank screen, not knowing what in the world to do. And all of a sudden I'm in a position where I'm showing other people and I'm impressing my boss and I have a, you know, previous bosses asking me questions, you know, so that's, that's been the process. And it's just very interesting to see where I've come to. And to be honest, as you're going through, when you're just doing things naturally, sometimes you don't even recognize the progress that you're making. You're just going with the flow and taking things as they come, you know? So yeah, that's been, that's been the journey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I mean, you know, because you, you saw yourself as you, you know, it's kind of like this growth, like you saw yourself, mm -hmm. you know, in these different types of positions and having a, a leadership position and, and, you know, kind of seeing like where, you know, from what I could hear, right, behind between the lines, where you could be of service to others. What was the last part? Where you could be of service to others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love that. And I love that. One of the things I know you said too, um, you know, and I'm going to quote it is, and you didn't say it here, but you know, um, you know, you talked about this before is that you know you you have your gifts and and that you know your your gifts are going to make room for you. And yes. so I really, I really like that, you know, that you said that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was reflecting on our meeting from last week and there was something that I mentioned along with that, that quote, mm -hmm. um, that part about your gifts making room for you. There was something I mentioned too about not trying too hard and also not hiding in the shadows, trying to be too humble. And I, I, that came from my own personal experience. Um, on one hand, we can try too hard and we can mess things up. On the other hand, what I struggled with was doing the exact opposite, which was hiding in the shadows, trying to be too humble. That was the emphasis. Is I, wanted, I didn't want to come off like I was trying to um, get recognition. I wanted it to just be it was a service thing. I'm just doing this and contributing and it's not about me and I'm not trying to, you know, impress anybody. And I just thought they would see my work. And the reality is that, you know, you're already going to make mistakes in your field or in whatever it is that you're doing in life. You're going to make mistakes. If you don't make sure that people can see your value, all they see are the mistakes. You can't hide the gifts that you have. You can't hide your um, your talents and, and the service that you're doing, trying to be too humble. Um, you do want to be humble, but you don't want to hide in the shadows. You know, so that was, um, and, and so if you have these gifts, they're there for you to, to use in service to other people. They're there as a gift, uh, as a tool to bring you into your purpose. So you can't, you can't hide them. You know, you can't, and, and it's always for good reason. Like I said, like trying to be humble, that's such a good thing. But at the end of the day, if people don't see what you have, you know, they can't utilize your service. You can't make, um, they don't, sometimes you're contributing and people are receiving the benefit because it's a group of people doing things together. You're working together. 
um, sometimes people don't know where this particular greatness came from, you know, who contributed this versus who con contributed that. So hopefully that makes sense. You know, it's just, you don't want to hide your value or hide your gifts, you know, don't bury your gifts, you know? So. Right. I love that. I love that. So, you know, we talked about so many things today. We talked about, you know, how you started, you know, in this, in the, in the pandemic with um, Microsoft Excel and, you know, you are clearly so successful. One of the things though, that I know that you mentioned, we were talking about this last week um, was the fact that you are in, in the nonprofit arena. So, yeah. so tell, me, tell us a little bit more about how you got into the nonprofit arena and like how, um, how that worked for you as well. Wow. Um, well, I'll say when I got out of college, I actually started, I actually um, went to school for fashion design. So my intent was going, was to be in the for-profit arena. So, um, but when I got out of school, my father had gotten married and moved <laughs> and I didn't want to go with him. So I had to stay in the city of Chicago by myself. Um, I had to find, you know, somewhere to live and find a job and whatnot. And that meant without having his financial support, um, not just financial support, he would help me, but I didn't have him to live with, for example. So now I had to get my own job. <laughs> so it was basically a matter of, I have to just get in here and get something. And I found myself always in nonprofit. Um, and I started, I basically, that first job was with my church at the time as the administrative assistant. And what, what happened is that basically the work they were doing there captured my heart. They work with people who are on drugs and alcohol and whatnot, mm -hmm. but also with the homeless. And something about that part, you know, working with the homeless, um, it just really tugged at me. So it's like, I would get different jobs in nonprofit, but I always came back to that one. Even when I was trying to get away from it, I walked into a place um, looking to, to, you know, for the interview and to come to find out, they're like, well, this is another part of what we do. And you're going to work with them the most. I'm like, this is amazing. Like everywhere I go, I'm running into this. So, um, just, it was just a matter of, like I said, I was, I was trying to go one way, but I guess life and purpose will move you where you're really supposed to be. And it turned out that my, the job that I could get and that I needed right away in order to get money was not what I wanted initially it was not the, um, fashion design that I was going for. I was going for fashion design. I wanted to get started with that, but that was going to take more time. So I had to just take what I could get and it developed into a passion. Actually, you know, it revealed my strengths, um, things that I was good at and the, the heart of service. And I ended up just sticking with it. Um, when it came down to a master's degree, I wanted to once again, go into something for profit. I wanted to deal with marketing, the, uh, marketing in the for profit industry. But I sat down and did things like um, career assessment uh, tests and looking at what I was good at and what did I like. And I looked back over my life and I saw that everything I was doing was service related and nonprofit. And so mm -hmm. that's how I ended up also getting the degree in nonprofit administration. But yeah, it started with just needing a job <laughs> to bring in some income. And then that was the door that opened for me was working in service. Um, with certain populations and whatnot. So, yeah. I love that, you know, um, because like you said, you know, nonprofit organizations, 
Um, most of the time, you know, they're all about being in service and nonprofit organizations include, including our educational institutions, you know, they are of service and, and they, you know, they're generally there to help people, whether it's to educate, whether it's to, um, you know, provide services or, or, or certain products or things that, you know, they know people are going to need. Um, and I love that you got yourself into that because I think there's such a special area within the nonprofit arena that a lot of people don't really understand. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I want to work for a for-profit because, you know, I have benefits and I have this and I have that. You could still get the same thing with a nonprofit, but the nonprofit's fundings are coming from a whole different, you know, place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that working in a nonprofit, um, in the nonprofit industry is actually really great because I think you learn a lot more about yourself and your who you are as a leader, especially as a servant leader. Yeah. Yeah. And then one, it's like the, when that door opens, you gain experience that opens other doors as well. So one of the best examples for me is when I got the job at, this was my first big job. Um, and at the time it was my highest paying job. I was, at first it was like, I'm just this high school. I mean, this uh, college graduate, I was making like $8 an hour. When I first got the, um, the job at the university, that was, that became my highest paying job at that time. And one thing that happened up front, first they made comments about how fast I was moving, but then, um, in terms of getting the work done, but I was asked at one point to send out an invitation to some event that we were having. And it was supposed to go to the deans at different colleges on the campus. Mm. When they said design, <laughs> I have this design background and, you know, my family, my father's like into painting, interior, decorating, my cousins into cosmetology. So we have this, and then with me with the fashion design. So when they said design this, this invitation, I did something more than what they expected. I think they, from what they were telling me, eventually they're like, we just thought you would put together an email, maybe add a picture and have the text, you know, the text with all the, the invite information with a little picture added of the university. I did something that was full-blown graphic design. And they're like, wow, so you know you're going to be doing this from now on. And that opened the door for me to move up in the um, communications and public relations. And I, and I was doing the the graphic design for a lot of the events on campus because of that. And they began to, they then bought me the Adobe program, the professional software, because I did what I did in PowerPoint, which nobody believed that I actually created that in PowerPoint. But, but they, they bought the software for me for Adobe and I began to learn how to use that. So it's like, I was, that was an example of really building your skills, um, you know, showing what you can do at the level that you're, you're currently at. And they saw the potential and also they saw they saw the skill and the potential and they're like it was worth investing into purchasing adobe for this young lady which was myself and then that <laughs> allowed me to learn more and to grow and that's why i said i was self-taught in graphic design because what i was doing in powerpoint was not necessarily professional but it looked good to people who didn't know how to do what i knew how to do and so they were willing to invest more in me and then that allowed me to grow even more because now i'm using a professional design software that people who actually do this for a living use, you know, and so, and then that moves me into another department right. in the university and in the college. And so, and which is what I wanted because I was enjoying the design part. I was enjoying working with events. And my boss actually came to me and said, we have, we're going to actually allow you to choose. We're branching off these two departments that are 
um, the, we have, they basically it was communications and public relations were one, they were gonna separate them, I believe, or put them together, I'm not sure. But they told me that I could choose, do you want to stay with the Dean's Office and Administration or do you wanna go with communications and public relations, which was, they changed the name to advancement, which is development. So that was, so you can see how all this is working together and how I eventually, I went from going into event, the advancement department when I got, when I was given that option and then I was able to do everything that I really liked doing with the events and the graphic design. And that eventually led me to having the leadership position as a development manager. Yeah. Um, in recent role. So it just one one open door led to gaining more experience and, and increasing your skill set. And that opened other doors as well that led me to the leadership position eventually. That's so great. I mean, you know, I think for the audience listening right now, you know, I hope you're all um, listening to this story because this is, this is, this is great. What I'm learning from you today, and I hope the audience is also learning the same thing is that you got to really hone in on the skills that you will really enjoy doing and actually do mm -hmm. that, show up and do more than what is expected because that's yeah that's the way you get recognition. And I think they recognize that so much from you. They saw that potential that they were like, okay, no, we, we got to give her a higher role. We got to get her to that top level. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, that's amazing. I know that you've got so many awesome things are just coming up on your way for you. And so we've got like about a couple of minutes left um, of the show today of the episode. And I'd love to, to have you leave, you know, um, a tip, you know, something that you, you know, we, you know, like a call to action, something that we can take with us today after listening to, to you speak. Okay, so I would like to give people something very um, encouraging for yourself in general, um, just as a, a life tip and as well as your profession. And then I'd like to give you some information about um, one of the, some of the recent things that I've added to my courses that can be beneficial as well. But in general, I just, I do want to repeat what we said earlier about your gifts will make room for you, but don't try too hard, but also do not hide in the shadows with this intent to try to be humble, you know, but also um, keep in mind, um, you know, to, to focus in on your skills and um, make sure that people see your value. You know, um, I had another thought that just that escaped me, but definitely just make sure that you are accentuating who you are, um, putting the emphasis on what it is that you bring to the table and not hiding. So um, I will say also that for the, the, the courses though, um, I do have, a, I just put together a study plan that will allow people to be able to get up to speed in Excel um, within less than a month if they follow the study plan of devoting 30 minutes per day, five days a week. And this is good for those who are busy professionals your, or parents or students or whatnot. Um, so that's one thing. And then there's the 50 Excel shortcuts download that's available. Um, so the, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so that is something that um, I want you to realize that comes with the program. I just I got distracted. There's a, the other thing that I did want to say, too, is that perfectionism can be a hindrance to your progress. That was something that I personally learned um, throughout my experience and even with starting a business. Um, 
like I said, but this can be in the context of personal or professional. So basically focus on the progress rather than perfection. That's what I wanted to follow up about gifts and it just escaped me. So I started talking about the program instead, the courses. <laughs> but yeah, perfectionism, um, please don't allow that to be a hindrance because it can hinder your progress. Focus on progress instead of perfection. Um, it's not wrong to be imperfect. Um, everyone, uh, the great people that you know, rich people, successful, excellent people, they all have imperfections as well. So don't get hung up on trying so hard to be perfect. So that's something I wanted you all to take away from it. I'm glad that thought came back to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm glad that you said that too, because in all honesty, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And that's something that I've had to learn you know, from in the last, you know, I don't know, in the last 10 years or so that like perfectionism is definitely not something um, that we need to have in our lives because it's nothing is perfect. You know, you're just doing the best that you can. And I'm glad that mm -hmm. you, you brought that up because it's, it's hard for us. Um, I mean, I, yeah. this is whole, we can go off on a whole different episode on perfectionism and imposter syndrome, because that's definitely something that is a big part of it. Um, but, yeah. but I, and maybe, you know, I love to have repeat guests. So maybe I'll have you back on the show. We could talk more about that too, because I think it's such an important topic to talk about um yeah because we actually and I'm sorry to interrupt you oh no <laughs> to say this though about perfectionism and that mindset a lot of times when we start on that path eventually we see the destruction of perfectionism but um actually we start off thinking there are some people who actually look at it like it's a good thing and they're they it's almost something that people um kind of brag on like yeah I'm a perfectionist and blah 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 and it's like eventually you're going to see how this kind of it hinders you because it stops you from being able to just move forward because you're trying to perfect every detail and meanwhile you're not getting to the end goal you won't get started until this looks the best or it sounds the best or I have everything correct and you're double checking and triple checking and everything you know but the one of the issues is that we kind of look at it like oh this is a great thing about myself and it's great because you want to be you want to be great and almost perfect at what you're doing but you have to have this balance to not allow it to stop you from moving forward and actually getting things done. So. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you so much for that. And thank yeah, you. So much for, yeah. I mean, thank you so much for being on the show today. I, it was such, such joy to have you and to talk to you and, and learn from you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this experience. I'm glad you invited me and I'm looking forward to just um, staying in contact and, you know, providing more <laughs> of course of course and i'm sure um our to everybody listening to the audience you know if you want to learn excel and you um want to be able to get you know that certification or you know you're like listen i don't know how to use formulas or i don't know how to do pivot tables like i don't know anything about that right so i definitely encourage all of you to please check out um sharia moore's website go ahead and, and check out her courses and purchase them um the link um, to her social media, the link to her website, you know, everything is in the description box of the podcast. All you gotta do is either scroll um, to, to the side or below wherever you're listening to this podcast, depending on whichever platform you're on, the description box is there. So go ahead and click on the link, check it out and enroll yourself in her courses and do yourself a favor and take the call to action that was discussed today and really keep it to heart because um, I think what Sharon Moore just told us, um, it, it really resonated with me and I think it will resonate with all of you. And so with that said, 
Thank you so much once again for being on the show today. And thank you. Of course. And thank you everybody else for listening. And I will see you or not see you, but we will talk next time. Take care, everybody.